Hello everyone, I'm welcome to One Chopper Podcast, episode 311. I'm Benjamin Yoda here today to talk to you about video games. We're going to talk about some smaller news stories this week, actually. Nothing crazy really going on, although uh, we have yet another Inti Creates update. <laughs> it's just, Inti Creates every week from now on, apparently. <laughs> um, we got that. I've got some mobile games I want to talk about a little bit. Uh, a PSVR thing, actually, although it's not really news. It's it, there's like it's, I'm going to mix it into the news. I'm going to mix up that, that, that news serum into something related to what I'm already thinking about. <laughs> and then also, I'm uh, going to talk a little bit about uh, Stellar Assault. So if you did not know, um, last week, I think I mentioned it on the podcast that I was going to uh, uh, play it, but I did go ahead and stream uh, Stellar Assault SS, which is a Sega Saturn kind of spaceship shooter that recently got a fan translation. I can't remember the name of the group, honestly. Ah, I probably should know. I'm trying to remember the... I feel like maybe the main guy was like named Lacker or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, um, but yeah, there's a uh, fan translation group uh, that that put that out. And what's interesting about it, and in kind of the same way that like Bulk Slash was interesting um, when that got a fan translation, is that it's not just like, oh, I mean, not that this is like an easy thing. It's not just, oh, we translated the text. It's also we did like full localization of all the voice acting and stuff like that. Um, which in Stellar Soul, at least, is important because most of the game is voice acting in the background. There's no, like, text on screen or anything like that, stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, streaming it means that the majority of that work was pretty much lost on me. <laughs> so, I mean, it's already hard for me to pay attention to the story as is um, when I when I stream games like that. However... It was kind of especially so, so because uh, I brought on a uh, Space Galaga, who uh, is one of one of our community members, but also um, he did a voice role in Stellar Assault, so that was really cool because that was his first role and everything. He just kind of like threw threw his 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 hat out there and it, it stuck, which was really cool. He also did the voice for the trailer as well, which is cool. So I had him on, so like it was, <laughs> you know, this is not his fault, but it was like doubly distracting so like where i would have maybe consumed like 70 percent of the voice acting and stuff like that if i was streaming on my own i maybe consumed closer to like 20 to 30 percent of it so the reality was is like i had no idea what was happening story-wise i had no idea what was happening um you know generally as a whole which is, which is always a problem with streaming i mean like i talked about that in apple tail where like i feel like that game writing is a big part of that game and me streaming it means a lot of that writing just gets kind of lost on me so it's just the nature of streaming but um anyway so i did that uh but but as, as a whole though as a video game on its own um it's a pretty solid video game um you know it is kind of like it's not really like Star Fox because it's mostly kind of full um like 3d control so you can kind of move anywhere you want within like obviously uh, a bounding box of what is space right and uh and you go around you have like two different ships you can choose between uh the one i chose had like a charge like spread shot kind of thing um and then like a really high powered laser and i think the other one on the other ship was like a homing attack and then like a rapid fire gun or something like that but i didn't play that ship on this playthrough um and yeah it just runs really really smooth uh you know being mostly in space they're only really rendering you know spaceships and stuff like that so it wasn't really well i should say it ran really really smooth on emulators i was using mendefin or something like that right so um it ran really smooth there at the very least 
Um, but yeah, just like plays really well. And, um, and it just generally, I think, feels good. And, you know, when it comes to games of that era, when we're looking at platforms like the Sega Saturn, like the PlayStation, like the Nintendo 64, having a good frame rate is a challenging thing to do. And very few games got to the point where they could run, you know, consistently, but also at a high frame rate. And I don't know what the frame rate of Stellar Assault is, but it feels, you know, anywhere between like 30 to 60 frames, I would assume. I would assume, again, I don't know the actual number here, but it's not like, you know, Ocarina of Time or Panzer Dragoon, where they're like, we can do 20 frames and that's good enough kind of thing. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like in, in the case like F-Zero X or something like that, right, where that game is incredibly sparse in details. And that's kind of how you get that 60 frames per second out of it, because it, it kind of sacrifices almost all visuals for the, the sake of a, a smooth um, uh, movement and things like that, right? Um, so, so in that way, it, it kind of feels maybe closer to like what F-Zero-X is trying to do in that regard. But it does mean that like a lot of the stage design feels kind of the same, right? It's not like Star Fox where you're like going and navigating different planets and things like that. You know, admittedly Star Fox is on rails or like Panzer Dragoon. You're not inside of a lot of things. It's a lot of just out in space shooting ships. And for me personally, I have a lot of trouble finding... Um, parts of that experience that really stand out to me because it all kind of looks and feels the same. Um, it is like an hour to two hour long game though. So like, it's not that bad in that regard, but, but it just kind of feels very samey. And I think there's like something missing from the presentation visually of it where there's like no pop. There's like no pop to that game. It looks like it could be any other spaceship shooter and it's a shame because, like, you know, the fact that there's voice acting and things like that, and, and I think the music is, like, pretty solid, too. Like, those things feel like they're doing good heavy lifting there, but it feels like the visuals just don't get there. Um, whether that be, like, you know, character portraits on screen that would be talking, or or just maybe, like, more explosive effects or something like that, or just more visual detail in the background that maybe, like, if you had, like, more star systems or gas giant stuff in the background that made it look more interesting or... More things where you're fighting in those things rather than just like in the middle of space kind of thing, right? About halfway through the game, you do get down to like Earth and it's like a cloud layer. That's really cool looking. Um, then there's a couple of other planets. But for the most part, it's really just here's a ground texture and the ground texture, you know, is different depending on the planet kind of thing. And I don't know. It just very little of that game, I think, really... I stepped away from thinking this is going to be like a memorable experience for me, right? Like I think the stream was great and I really liked having, you know, Galaga on and I liked having the team in the chat, which is like really cool. Which it's always hard to walk that line of like, these are my feelings about this game. Also, everybody here is significantly more invested in this experience than me. <laughs> So it's like, I don't want to be mean, right? But I, And like, there's nothing wrong with Stellar Assault, right? There's like nothing about that game. Like even like the, the small hiccups we had, we did a community review and I think people did a good job of like actually balancing out what to say in that review. I did kind of force my visual opinions on the community review just and it's the first bullet point, um, which, you know, I don't know. It's, it's always hard to know like how much I should contribute to the community review and how much should I let that be of the community, right? Um, I don't want to be a bully though. I don't want that to be my review. And I feel like sometimes those community reviews became my reviews at times. So I wanted to kind of make sure the majority of it, but that was kind of the one thing I wanted to really kind of sit down for myself, which is like, visually, there's just not a lot going on here. Again, super smooth plays very well. Again, on emulator. I have not played it on hard on consoles. I do not have a Sega Saturn in my life. So, so yeah. So, you know, I kind of came away feeling okay. 
Um, I will say that sometimes it's just context, though, right? Like, if I picked that thing up on the Wii and picked it up and played it and it had, like, the most garbage box art in the world and it was like, oh, sp- Spaceman 2 or something like that, right? And I picked it up and played it and it was two hours long and it was that game. I'd probably been like, that's pretty all right. It, it's like, for me, it's like in Jeep Thrills territory, I think, of, like, Jeep Thrills. Pretty all right. Is there anything about Jeep Thrills that really matters? Probably not. <laughs> But Jeep Thrills is like a solid game in its own. And a lot of things about Jeep Thrills in particular, actually. Oh, my God. Now we're getting the Jeep Thrills discussion terribly. The nice thing about Jeep Thrills in particular, though, is I think in a lot of ways, Jeep Thrills is designed more as a... It is an arcade racing game, but it's not built in the same way that like a Mario Kart is built. And so when you're doing things like drifting around corners and things like that, it's actually kind of a punishment. You don't really want to be going around corners. It slows you down. Where Mario Kart, you know, turning is a beneficial thing for you right like you want to get that boost get the boost baby um and so jeep Thrills is like in some ways like kind of the antithesis to mario kart in that regard um and i kind of have like complicated feelings on drift in general and how it's handled in different games and things like that but um i i definitely think jeep thrills in some ways by being designed worse if you want to call it that um is kind of more interesting in that ways what i'm trying to say is I would take Jeep Thrills over Stellar Assault, but you guys know I like Jeep Thrills, so that's not necessarily like a uh, <laughs> a downside. So, anyways, it is tough though, and, and like one of the things that like was kind of stressful on stream a little bit, not this particular stream, but like streaming as a whole, is when you used to have like people start asking you to play games, especially when they're like, Ben, I know you don't care about having a physical game, <laughs> and and like the nice thing about like. Like, when every video game is on the plate, it gets, like, dangerous. Because I think the nice thing about, like, just picking for my collection is there are games I've kind of pre-vetted, right, in a lot of ways, where I know that's an interesting game because I purchased it in the first place thinking it'd be kind of interesting. In the case of Stellar Assault, that was not really the case. Um, and, and if you don't know, like, previously I said I wasn't going to stream Stellar Assault, but um, I had a couple. One, I know I don't want to get into too much detail, but I had people ask me about it. Let's just leave it at that. People ask me about it. And, um, and there are enough people in the community that were kind of interested in me doing it because Galaga was involved. And I think ultimately it was a fun stream and it was a good stream. Um, and because it was like a one hour or two hour game, I think it really didn't really matter that much, like whether I was personally invested or not, but it just does leave that weird situation of just like, ah, well, how do I navigate this? Because I have my feelings about this game, which is like, it's totally okay. There's, in my opinion, there's like nothing wrong with that game. But, um, you know, I do think it's really exciting for Sega Saturn fans. Anytime you kind of give them like uh, a new game kind of thing to, to crack into, right? Like the Sega Saturn audience is incredibly passionate. And, you know, the people who are dedicated to that system are really dedicated to that system. So taking one of those games that... I don't really know. It sounds like maybe Stellar Salt wasn't like super well known before, although it seems incredibly playable um, if you had like an import copy of it. It originally came out on the 32X in the US as like Shadow Squadron or something like that, which for me, honestly, like looking at the 32X version, I kind of think that game looks more impressive. But, you know, it's because I think be- because the 32X 
to me is kind of a more of an unknown system in terms of capabilities and it's connected to the Sega Genesis. So I actually don't know what that thing's capable of. Um, I thought like, you know, Virtual Racing Deluxe on the 32X looked good. But at the end of the day, I don't know what the 32X is capable of really at the end of the day. Where the Sega Saturn, I feel like it's capable of a lot more. Um, but again, I think like the the the, the uh, frame rate and things like that and running smoothly is like kind of maybe the intention of this game in a lot of ways. So anyways, you know, I'm glad I played it. I'm glad we did a stream for it. That was like a fun thing. And if you want to go check it out, you can. The community review is up on the OCP Plus channel. So if you want to go see what we had to say about it, that is there. Um, otherwise, don't know what the next stream plans are. Um, I don't know. Like, I have thought about doing another Dojin stream, but the, my, my issue with the Dojin streams is it has that same problem where, like, I just kind of play games, random games, like, and switch them every 20 to 30 minutes, where I feel like we don't give games enough time in that regard, and I would rather give games kind of the full time, especially Dojin games, which are not very long games, right? So I feel like I could probably beat them. So I don't know. Those are some thoughts I had. King of Fishing, I think, might be dead. I love King of Fishing. King of Fishing was cool. I wish I thought up of that idea earlier because um, I think it would have been, like, a cool series to do. Uh, but I think, in general, I just kind of got a little too caught up in uh, <laughs> and streaming too often, I think. So maybe someday we'll get back to a more consistent stream. But for now, it's just kind of as, as is. And I think probably for the better, honestly. I think the Stellar Assault stream probably... Um, was a better stream because it had been so long since we'd done any other streams, in my opinion. I know. So, yeah. But that's it for that in terms of game playing. Unfortunately, I have, uh, you know, I think I think we are at the point where I'm kind of back into the groove of where I need to be in my life at the moment. So I think you're going to start seeing stuff kind of move forward, but I'm playing multiplayer stuff generally. So at the very least, you can look forward to um, getting some updates on those at some point. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about them today. But before we get into news, I'm going to go through a Jillian's Corner question. Um, this is kind of a cute question this week, which is, if plushies of every single game enemy existed, which ones would you buy? I like plushies. Plushies are really cute. And um, a lot of times I don't buy them because I don't have a lot of relation to a lot of them, right? Um, I have my Nier plushie of the, uh, you know, Papa Nier from, from uh, Nier Gestalt. Um, and I have Love and Barry, um, but it's a uh, Barry is what I, who I have from Love and Barry. I never, I didn't get a Love one, but I don't like Love very much. So I don't know. I like when it comes to idol games, like girls with blue hair, for something about them just like connect with me, and that suddenly becomes the, my favorite idol character in that series. I mean, not that I like, I'm like into them or anything like that, but like if I'm going to connect with somebody, it's gonna be someone with blue hair for some reason, which is weird because like blue is not my favorite color either. And, like, when I think of, like, male characters, I usually do red hair. And then when I go with lady characters, I usually do that, like, anime trope, like, tan skin with white hair kind of thing. So, I don't know why blue hair with idol girl games or something, but that's that's the, the thing I, 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 I did. But, uh, anyways, that being said, um, I couldn't think of too many off the top of my head that I was like, oh, man, I'd really love that. Um, but the one that I kind of thought of, and there could very well, this could very well exist. Um, I kind of love the crab design from Final Fantasy XI, which is, if you haven't seen before, at least if you, or if you need a reminder, um, they're like the kind of like the blue crabs that have like the really high shell top. They're, they're in Final Fantasy XIV as well. And um, they've shown up in other things too, but I really like that blue crab design. I actually have a mug with them on there and like a little 
pen bag here that I have with the little blue crabs on them. And uh, I would like a little blue crab plush. Um, that's kind of like a semi-iconic crab design for Final Fantasy now, if only because Final Fantasy XI had them and then they just got it kind of shifted over to Final Fantasy XIV. Um, Mandagoras, I'm pretty sure there's been plushy Mandagoras before, but Mandagoras from Final Fantasy XI I think are also super cute um, and and stuff like that. So um, I think those are like, maybe like a good short-term answer, but at the same time, or, or like off-the-cuff answer, but at the exact same time, like I feel like those things actually do probably exist, and I might might have the opportunity to actually get those if I really wanted to, but I have not really looked into it. So I don't know. The other thing is like Square Enix shipping and stuff is a nightmare, and then also shipping from Japan if you want to buy something from Japan is also a nightmare. But if that Final Fantasy XI crab was like in front of me for an affordable price, I would pick that up ASAP. So thank you again, Jillian, for your question. All right, let's get into some news. Like I said earlier, mostly just a mix of like updates and things like that. A couple of uh, things that just kind of caught my interest, but probably the one big news story um, is Any Creates. Uh, last night when I was uh, playing uh, Dragon Mark for Death, actually, speaking of Any Creates, um, uh, they actually announced Umberclaw. And this is a new kind of 2D action platformer from them featuring like a little cat. I think it's like a dead cat. I don't know for sure, but it's a little cat. And um, it seems like you get like abilities from different animals and monsters and things like that based off the description of the game. And also some of the screenshots, there's like a picture of like a spiritual jaguar kind of overlaid on top of the cat kind of thing. They put out a trailer. I don't think it's a good trailer. Personally, I mean, I don't know necessarily what that game looks like otherwise, but looking at that trailer, it is a lot of just the cat walking and kind of jumping and it does not really show any of the mechanics of the game which in my opinion is a little bit of a wasted trailer. Um, I look at it and I cannot figure out why that game matters. Visually, it shows off the visuals and the visuals of that game are pretty good. Um, but I, I just think there could have been more of like, hey, here's how this game works, especially since it's not following the like uh, any creates go fast move set combination style that I personally like a lot. Um, but apparently it's the Blaster Master Zero producer and I have not played Blaster Master Zero. So I don't know like exactly where he's coming from and, and what the design philosophy of his games really are, um, for that. So, uh, at some point I need to play Blaster Master, but, uh, there's no release date yet. I think it's just TBD and I think they only announced it for PC, Steam specifically, I think. So I think you have to get it there if you're going to get it, but nothing new on it yet, unfortunately. So I'm got a quite a bit of a, any creates backlog though at this point. So I'm not in any real rush. You know, I still got to play Gunfold 3. I would like to play one of the Blastermaster Zero games. And honestly, like maybe it'd be good to play a Blastermaster Zero game before I play Umberclaw. Just to see. I, I don't have a lot of excitement for the Blastermaster Zero franchise based off what I've seen from it from the outside. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not good or that I wouldn't find something interesting in it. Just from the outside, I look at it and go, yeah, I mean, this looks like Blastermaster. And, you know, sometimes that's what people want. I don't want that, but you know, but we'll see. Um, I need to play Speed Power Gun Bike at some point as well for PlayStation. There's the Love and Destroy as well, but I don't think I have as much interest in Love and Destroy, but apparently it's like a big like request for like fan translation stuff. And I don't really know why, other than I guess like visually, maybe it's like someone with the writer on it too. Whatever, like, I think Speed Power Gun Bite looks way, way cooler to me, but, you know, I also value that kind of, like, speed mixed with a character's moveset kind of thing, where, where Love and Destroy kind of looks like a generic mech game, from what I remember, so. Anyways, all that aside, um, a game I took notice of, it's been announced for a while, I think there was, like, a closed beta test for this a long time ago, is uh, a mobile game 
called Snowbreak Containment Zone. Um, it's one of those games that like it kind of looks like all those other like lady shooter games where they have an anime girl in like a jacket with a gun. And then sometimes they're showing skin, sometimes they're not. If it's Nikkei, sometimes they're booty shakes, sometimes they don't. Um, so, <laughs> so it kind of looks like that um, visually. But uh, when you go and actually look at the game, uh, unlike a lot of those other games, this is like a full-fledged third-person shooter. And um, it looks maybe kind of arena-based, but there is kind of like more like A to B kind of uh, movement as well, kind of like in a dungeon style. When I think of it, it's, I think of like Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet and how that game moves. My only problem so far looking at it is that it does look a little slow and a lot of the environments seem like they're just kind of big open and with like little bits of cover here and there. But you can switch between um, the different girls while you're playing mid-combat and they all have different job roles and things like that. So it looks pretty cool. And there's a PC version as well as the Google and iOS version. So I actually did send a, a application in for the PC beta test because they have one coming up here in the next couple weeks. So I might actually give that a look. It just kind of like surprised me that it looked kind of as good as it did um being on a live game i doubt i'll make any real long-term commitment to this but i think just kind of learning what it is through at least the beta test i think would be a nice experience so um you know beta tests are kind of nice because usually they're not taking any money from you so it's kind of just this little experience where you can kind of feel comfortable that like anything happening in there either you're not meant to overcome the beta test or you don't need to invest any money. Like you cannot invest any money to overcome something. So it kind of like, I think, um, adds like a buffer between you and that feeling of like, oh, if I want to succeed here, I need to pay money. Even though that might be the intention in the end. I mean, go look at my Dragon Quest Champions video. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think it, 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 it it's, it's, it's kind of nice to be in that little space in the beta test where like kind of nothing is expected of you in a lot of ways. So... Anyways, we'll see. Um, it being on PC is a, is a big bonus for me because I would rather play like a shooter on a mouse and keyboard or gamepad or something like that. Um, Third-person shooters, I usually feel like third-person shooters, I feel a little more comfortable on gamepad, but I'm, I'm happy playing with the mouse keyboard as well. If I'm on PC, I'm too lazy to hook up a gamepad most of the time anyways. So um, really, Yakuza use gamepads, except for me. I will click to punch with Kiryu. <laughs> Um, so there you go. There's a reference for the like initial Steam release of Yakuza Zero. I think is what happened, where they like had a screen that said "Real Yakuza use a gamepad" to be like, "Hey, don't play this game with the keyboard, dear God, please." So, anyways, um, but yeah, I, I I do. There was like one anime guy in the trailer. I will say, it's weird. I like anime aesthetics, and if you want to get me to click on your news story. I want your anime boy or girl face on that thumbnail for me to click on it, right? Um, I have this weird hang-up about, like, anime girls being, like, super prevalent in those games, though, where it feels like there's just a lot of them. And I feel like I kind of get into it, and, I like, something about it just feels dirty. It's just, like, these characters are designed to, like appeal to the most mass like adult male audience possible <laughs> and like there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion per se but it just makes the cast feel like less rounded and I feel like in a lot of ways it kind of gives me the expectation that the cast is going to be like super tropey in some ways like it's gonna really fit this particular type of characters that people want to pull from their gotcha and like really get invested into 
when I feel like if it's a more balanced cast, I feel like I have more faith that the team is trying to create interesting characters on their own. That's not to say they aren't, just that's the weird impression I get from it. And so I've got kind of this point where now if like 90% of your cast is anime girls, I kind of look at your game a little less fondly. Kind of weird. I don't know. I think it's just like pushback. I think I've always had this a little bit in me. Like I think also like when I make ga- like when I have create a character games and things like that, I usually want to make a male character. But a lot of times I can't because the male characters have significantly, well, I can, but the, the male characters have significantly less customization options. Thankfully, I think that's less of a thing today. But back in the day, it kind of felt like if you want to get the most out of this game from a visual customization standpoint, you got to play the girl. And um, that's just, that's not as much of a thing anymore, thankfully. Usually I feel like most games design characters around unisex um, elements now. Um, not always, but it, yeah, it is it is kind of frustrating. Like sort of online Fatal Bullet we were talking about earlier. And like that game definitely feels like that. Where like if you play as a guy, you significantly limit the number of clothes you can wear in that game. There are a lot of different hairstyles that you can carry over between the lady characters to the guys, but not all of them. So it's like it's really weird. There's like weird rules and lines around that stuff that just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And then I think, well, I mean, what makes sense is that like, you know, okay. How many male guys playing this game making a male character is going to put pigtails on their character, right? Very, very low. So why make the investment in the first place, right? If you have to specifically design it to work that way, right? You know, why why make it so male characters can wear lightning outfit in Final Fantasy XIV? Which I think since then has been changed. They did make male-specific models for lightning's outfit. But, like, I, I get it. Like, not those things are going to be probably some of the least trafficked items in the game to some extent. Maybe not so much more today. I think today maybe there's a little bit more of embracing of that. But but a long time ago, I think it definitely less so. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Especially Final Fantasy XIV, you know, that's a game that's all about, like, I think, you know, uh, giant communities of people and many people finding, you know, um, safe places for themselves in communities online where they may not be able to in, like, you know, living in, like, some place in the South or something like that, right? So, anyways, um, but yeah, I, I, I just think that, like, that's a weird, like, kind of gut reaction. I don't know if it's been a, it's been a steady change, in my opinion. I think it's been a steady change over time, because I think I've felt this way before, but I think now I'm starting to feel this way a bit more specifically in a way that I understand what's happening and why I feel certain ways about certain games. So yeah, speaking of Sword Art Online though, um, Sword Art Online MMO is actually coming to PC as well. So this is the mobile MMO, the integral factor game. I don't know anything about this game. It was listed as a Sword Art Online MMO, if I recall correctly. Um, I'm trying to remember, oh, maybe I pulled this from another website and they listed it as an MMO. Um, I mean, Sword Art Online technically is just MMO story-wise. Hmm, this description says Sword Art Online MMORPG game. Okay, Steam lists it as an MMO. So there we go. <laughs> Confusion cleared up. Um, but yeah, this is like one of those mobile RPGs. And like, I, I, the only reason I really want to bring this up is that like, I'm always happy to see those kind of mobile games come to PC. Um, I think it's a lot better to have that as an option. It get, opens up more control options and things like that. Um, you know, even if it is like, you know, a game built for touch, I think having more options, the better kind of thing. So it's cool to see that coming out. Um, it is TBA, but obviously you can play the mobile game today if you want to. It is called Sword Art Online Integral Factor. I do not know much about this. It looks like a PSP game visually, which, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it definitely looks like it's a, 
not exactly probably using the full extent of either your PC or mobile phone hardware, which, you know, for mobile probably makes a lot of sense from a battery life perspective, from an accessibility perspective. I mean, on PC as well, accessibility perspective in terms of having the hardware to run it, right? So, so yeah. Another game that has been out for a long time but uh, is coming to a new platform is Last Labyrinth, Ludus, Ludus, Lucidity Lost. And uh, the big reason I'm bringing this up, well, two big reasons. One is, um, A, I think it's interesting that like some of these VR games are coming to um, um, Switch specifically. Um, we played uh, the VR, what's that game called? Or the anime called Layback Camp? We played the VR Layback Camp demo, which was, uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> kind of lost its uh i think luster not being a vr experience from my memory um but you know we sat on a campsite and uh did stuff <laughs> but i think the problem with that if i'm correctly is that like it didn't have any hand tracking and it felt like a game that really wanted you to be moving your hands around and it was just kind of like press buttons to do things and it didn't really it didn't really do what i was hoping it would do in terms of the joy cons and things like that but anyways last labyrinth lucidity lost uh, getting a switch version i did not look too much in this version to be honest the main reason i even really took notice of this is one um somebody worked on the aconcagua team actually uh is, is, is one of the, kind of the higher ups on this game which is pretty cool but two um i got when I, I think i mentioned this already but when i was in japan i got the playstation vr headset so um i'm pretty sure this last labyrinth game is on the psvr so i think that is a game that i'll definitely be checking out i do need to like get a list of like playstation vr games i need to check out and figure out what's digital and what's physical so if you do have any psvr games you'd recommend i'm, I'm kind of like open at this point i have about like a handful of games that i'm thinking of like space channel 5 million arthur uh, Summer Lesson, this Last Labyrinth game, things like that. So if there's anything you know that's compatible with the original PlayStation VR, uh, Japanese or English only, or Japanese only or English, I'd be happy to... Oh, Astrobot, that's another one, I think. Um, that I would be happy to hear if you have any recommendations in that regard. A little bit of an update on the Botan Kaitos collection. I forget, what is the official name for this? Botan Kaitos 1 and 2 HD Remaster. Um, there was a little bit of, I think, confusion at the time of whether it'd be a physical version of this or not. I don't remember for sure. I at least remember not being sure about it. Um, and I don't think there's any mention for the U.S. yet, but there are pre-order sites up for Japan, Asia, um, and I think the Asian release did list it might have English. I need to double check on that. Um, but, uh, Europe is also getting a physical copy, although it is, uh, exclusive to Game in the U.K., which is, like, basically their GameStop as far as I'm aware. Um, but as far as I can tell, no, no announced U.S. Uh, physical copy yet, which I'm, unfortunately, the U.S. is probably the least likely to get a physical copy kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully it gets there. If not, I might end up ordering like the Asian version of has English on the cart um, because that you can get that through PlayAsia without too much trouble. I don't plan to play Botan Kaitos 1 and 2 HD remaster. I would love to replay Botan Kaitos, but I just don't see it being a short-term priority for me at this time. However, I bought Botan Kaitos 1 and 2 for about $10 to $15 each, maybe closer to $20 for Origins or whatever. So um, and I, I kind of personally, as much as I like love those games, uh, I personally feel like I should probably give some actual money to them at some point for it. I mean, not that it really matters, but it feels good to support, you know, a game you care about. It's like, I feel guilty about Freedom Wars and only ever spending $5 on that because I love Freedom Wars. And so like, I didn't really support the game. So I'd be happy to support an HD remaster of Botan Kaitos 1 and 2 HD remaster. So I will pick that up, but kind of waiting to see what happens. But if you are in the UK, game is your place to go to get that physical copy. And last but not least, not very video gamey, but I figured we should see out this story to the very end. If you don't know, 
Love and Barry had like a little bit of a uh, resurgence in interest because some uh, model had talked about it on her Twitter feed, mentioning she had a project and some Japanese news sites were like, is there a new Love and Barry game? Um, which my answer at the time was probably not, <laughs> but you know, you never know. You never know what will happen. Um, and then sure enough, they confirmed uh, later that it would be a photo shoot thing. So um, that was not something going to be, a, that was not going to be a video game itself. That photo shoot has come out. She posted it on her Twitter feed. Distinctly looks very like 2000s in terms of picture quality and also background aesthetics and things like that. So if you're interested in that, there'll be a link in the podcast notes for that at the end of the list because it's the last news story we're talking about. Um, but that is the end of the Love and Berry saga for now. Who knows? Maybe Love and Berry will return. <laughs> so... So yeah. Anyways, that's going to be, be it for this week. Thank you for coming. OneControlBoard.com is the website. Um, I am kind of balancing out what is going to be next. Oh, but I should say the Japan trip um, overview video. It's not anything super fancy. Um, that is up on the Kofi uh, uh, right now. It was not really intended to be a Kofi exclusive thing for now, and it's not going to stay an exclusive thing. Um, it will be available this week on Wednesday for um, the people who are not so Kofi supporters. However, you if you are a Kofi supporter or are a Kofi supporter, um, it's been up on the, the Kofi since Wednesday. So go check that out if you haven't. I think it's like two hours long, so it's pretty long, but, you know, I kind of talk about the Dojin events I go to, show off some of the games I picked up, talk about some of the more nature things I did, talked about some of the little things that happened when I was in Japan. So, you know, kind of a fun little thing, feel a little overview of stuff that happened, look at some of the food I bought, things like that. Fun times. Um, otherwise, I'm kind of looking at whether or not I should focus on a script next or if I should do some of the more casual review videos. Uh, kind of related to the Japan trip thing, I got to do a Dragon Quest crossplay video as well as a cross crossblade video. Oh, speaking of which, there's going to be like a new Infinite uh, Dragon Quest uh, Infinite Stratus. Is that what it's called? Infinity Strash um, uh, uh, presentation sometime soon. I don't have the news story in front of me. I can't remember, but I'll talk about that whenever it comes up, I'm sure. Um, anyways, but the, that's coming up. Uh, but uh, So there's a video I can do for the, the arcade game in that series. Um, and then also for Chase Chase Jokers. Chase Chase Jokers is probably the more important one of those two. But I want to go ahead and do those. Um, and the Xenoblade Chronicles Future Redeemed thing um, is probably going to get wrapped into a Xenosaga's Someone Bringer video, assuming that moves forward as is. So we'll see. You know, I don't want to make any promises. You know, at one point I was like dead certain I was going to make a Final Fantasy VII First Soldier video and that game shut down. And at this point I look at my hands and say, where did it go? Where did that video go? Oh God. <laughs> so it, it has slipped into nothingness for now. But um, so I don't want to make any guarantees about what I'm doing next in that regard. But the Xeno Saga video initially, I started out as like, this probably won't actually feed into what the YouTube channel would be, which is kind of part of why I was a little concerned about doing it. However, in thinking about it in the context of what I want to do with my YouTube channel, I was able to kind of make it into a situation where it would be closer to what I want it to be. However, it needs to be very spoiler heavy for both Xenosaga, Soma Bringer, and probably Xenoblade. So I get the feeling that not many people who are going to watch those, <laughs> you know, that's a pretty big ask, but we'll see. I'll try to, you know, kind of gauge what I need to get things across for those games to hopefully prevent providing too many spoilers so I can try to not, you know, be like, hey, we're gonna blow out all these games in terms of spoilers. And uh, at some point, I'll do a um, ranking list for Monolith Soft for the uh, uh, Future Redeemed 
Um, if you don't know, I needed to also do Future Connected. I never added Future Connected to our ranking list. I forgot to do that. And then also I need to re-rank Xenosaga 1 and 2. And 3, actually. Um, 2 actually probably stays where it is. 1 and 3 have got some thoughts on that probably will change where it exists on that that list. But anyways, thank you guys so much for coming again. OneControlWorld.com is the website. And I hope you guys have a great week. Bye.